writing? Yep. Well, hey. <laughs> hey, welcome to the Josh Johnson Show. I'm Josh Johnson, joined by my fellow co-host and funny stand-up comedian that is my best buddy, Logan Nielsen. Hi, Josh. How are you? I'm doing all right. How about you? I'm doing okay, man. Bye. My friends had a baby, and the baby is so cute, but has already has like a deep laugh. <laughs> it is so scary. It's so scary. <laughs> I'm over here meeting the baby, and, and the baby gets tickled, right? Baby stone cold eyes. <laughs> Just a grown baby. <laughs> yeah. Dada. Mama. Mama. <laughs> Where? <laughs> just a just a cool, just a cool Where? deep voice baby. Where? Oh yeah. You know I love peekaboo. I see you. <laughs> Where'd you go? Just the oh, deepest voice. And like and even in <laughs> even in the baby talk, it's like <laughs> It sounds like it's scatting, honestly. (laughs) The baby talk was like, (laughs) and then it starts playing a trumpet. (laughs) Right. You just hear a sax come out of nowhere. (laughs) Adorable baby. But I'm, I'm, if the voice gets any deeper, it's, it probably has superpowers. I don't know how, how a baby can sound like that. It's going to be a seven-year-old kid. Just like, they, they fed the baby. They did the little train and the choo-choo into the baby's mouth, everything. And then put the spoon in of baby food into his mouth. And he went, "Mm." (laughs) I didn't know if it meant he liked it or he was surprised. Just, "Mm." That wasn't a plane at all. As soon as as soon as soon he can food. talk, I'm so interested in what he has to say. Because I feel like they'll be doing the <laughs> choo-choo. They'll be doing the thing. It's like, all right, you tricked me a couple times. So uh, <laughs> I know it's not a train anymore. Just wait until I can walk. Just wait until I can walk. And we'll see. We'll see who's boss. We'll see. We'll see what's up. Y'all playing games right now. But uh, <laughs> I've been watching. All right. Seems like just a boss baby in real life. You know that movie? Yeah. It's like if it really happened. (laughs) And the baby had no agenda. It was perfectly happy being a baby, but also wanted to make you fully aware that it was completely cognizant of what was happening. Yeah, it was. It's not boss baby in the business sense. It is. It is just a domineering, threatening individual. (laughs) Yeah. Imagine knowing you're going to be choked out in 14 years. (laughs) because <laughs> the baby's big too right the baby's like pretty big so it's only gonna get bigger I, I can't imagine you have your growth spurt at three weeks you know like this is just <laughs> gonna be a big person do tall babies freak you out do tall babies freak me out yeah yeah you heard the I question mean, <laughs> I, I know what i <laughs> I had to process it because I've never seen a baby that I thought was tall. Like, you know, really. You've never seen a long baby. I mean, I. How long are we talking here? I guess this is my thing. 
we all know what size babies are supposed to be in general. So when a right. baby is is still baby age, but they're just legs hanging out of the baby carriage, it's like that's freaky to me. Yeah, yeah. When they start reaching the, that first couple of years, where it's like they're not, where they're they're between baby and toddler. Yeah, yeah. They're just kind of, they're just kind of being stretched. One thing I, I am weirded out by, like by like huge babies though, where it's like not just tall or or chubby, but it's like it's just a large baby. Like yeah. It just it's it seems like they like measured it wrong like they put the <laughs> they you know they put the inputs in wrong they're just like ah oh, shit that we that was supposed to be inches you know <laughs> it came out yeah just like a, like a just a large human oh man those always interest me it's 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 also wild cuz i i am not a parent right so i can only speculate and and refer to stories i've heard and everything but i completely empathize with parents who are in a situation where the baby is too heavy to carry. You can't carry this baby anymore. This this baby is luggage now, right? (laughs) You cannot carry this baby, but also you can't expect this baby to walk all these miles, you know? Right. So you keep them in the the stroller, but they're a little bit too big for the stroller now, but you just Mm -hmm. know it's going to be easier to just push them rather than make them walk the whole time. But I've seen too many grown babies now with feet just dragging the stroller, just slowing it down like a little Fred Flintstone baby, just dragging the stroller to a stop. That's why I think this baby's going to be. I think. He came out ready to talk, but just couldn't didn't quite know how yet. Like he came out and he was like, "Oof, I'm a little overcooked. Shit, I'm late for work. Someone told a joke in like in the in the nursery, and he was like, <laughs> uh, "Now that's funny." And then went back to reading his newspaper. Yeah, I'm I'm telling you, this baby is advanced. Like people think that I'm just roasting this baby because it has a deep voice. I I think this baby's up to something. <laughs> this this baby is smart. Like it, it yeah. doesn't it doesn't just look at people, it like peers at them. Right. So you're what you're saying is you're insecure of this baby. I'm not just insecure of the baby. I think the baby's a prodigy. All right. Two things a can be true at the what? same a pro- time. A prodigy of what? A prodigy of bigness? Of what No, just a, a, a prodigy of a prodigy of maturity. Who matures that fast? <laughs> He's a prodigy of old. Whose voice got deep in the womb? See, you can't name a single person. I mean, I wasn't there, man. Even even Shaq had to get that way. <laughs> this baby's got a head start. But what if he didn't, though? What if he didn't what? What if Shaq get, was that way when he came out? Maybe. I'd l- just, had that, just had that lazy eye and was just like, I don't want animal crackers. Like, <laughs> I've always wanted a version of Shaq. Like, maybe there's an alternate reality where this is the case. I've always wanted a version of Shaq that they run up to him after the game and, and they're like, what did you think about your game against the Mavericks? And instead of being like, Shaq was like, you know, we just went out there. We tried to do our best. And, you know, it, it's just important to be a team and we just have to stick together all the way to the playoffs. It's not about the fundamentals. It's just good to be on the team. You know, it's a really good organization. <laughs> 
Like just once, I I love for someone who gets drafted to have a high voice, you know. <laughs> Or just be like really like fancy, just get up there. And like, yeah, just saying all the regular things. I'm excited to sign with the Colts. The Colts will immediately be like, "We've made a mistake. Um, can we can we go? Can we do taxis backsies? Because this we we didn't know he was gonna be like this." I'm very excited. Bring the carriage around. Listen, listen. All we know is he has a great jump shot. We we actually didn't get to have a conversation with him because there was a pandemic at play, so he didn't get to come over to our school. I'm very excited to play for the Washington football team. Do do you see? Do you see? He's clearly hit his head because we we are the <laughs> we're the Seahawks, you know. So he doesn't even know who drafted him. He's bleeding out of his ear. Someone please get this kid. <laughs> Try and catch me. <laughs> I'm I'm telling you now that when we put that draft in, mm, we if anything we were trying to pick the dude behind him. So it's a shame that we didn't get him. <laughs> and then that dude's just like, oh, what, we a, tried what a shame. Pick, we tried to pick behind. I wish that's how the draft works. They just put uh you. <laughs> they had to point out into the crowd. No 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 not you not you stop no stop pointing at yourself behind you behind you behind you green tie wearing the green tie stop pointing at yourself. You, come here. <laughs> they have no list of names. They're just pointing to a crowd. And uh, the third, the third uh, draft pick uh, for the New York Giants is uh, I don't know that guy over there, left side. No, no, not you. Do you have a favorite sport? Do I have a favorite sport? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I you know it used to always be football because I love playing football. But then uh, the one though that sticks with me though is baseball. Baseball is the one I always go back to being like really. I, yeah, I do. I love baseball. That's I really so do. interesting. Yeah, it really is because I'm and I'm not saying this in a in a way to be you know sarcastic or anything. But yeah. I have found that I have a great time at baseball games when I go. But if mm-hmm. I am not there, it's the only sport like that. I've watched a football game and been into it. And then been like at a football game or maybe I don't know if I've ever actually been to a professional football game. I've gone to lots of football games, but they've been like either yeah. high school, college, amateur or whatever. But honestly, high school and college you, are more fun, though. Football, the pro, NFL, they like they stop so much. I've been to I've only been to one. Yeah. Pro NFL game, but like they just they stop so much. Yeah. It's cool being there. But and so like even with UFC, I've, I've gone to UFC events and I've also yeah. bought pay-per-views, watch from home, everything. I know the excitement is different when you're there for all of these sports, but baseball right. is the only one where I'm like, you really have to be there for me. It's way, it's way better to be there. But baseball to me though, it's just, it's a good hangout sport. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, even if it's just on, like, well, I'll get together with my, you know, my brother, or whatever. We'll just put a baseball game on. It's like we're not intently watching it. It's just something to have on while you hang out and you can check in on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because not every moment doesn't matter like it does in other sports, which is kind of great. And that's my favorite part. But going to a baseball game is like, oh, this is just a, a acceptable place for me to get drunk in public. <laughs> you know, like it's really. <laughs> this is just. <sighs> no one's gonna judge me for having several beers. Yeah. And eating trash. Yeah. Because that's what we're all doing. Man. I love going to baseball. Going to baseball games, I love. Yeah. I, I And I can understand that. It's like going to... I'm surprised that going to UFC events, there haven't been more fights break out. 
Oh, in the crowd? In the crowd. Just because you do, when you are watching a fight, get the feeling. I don't know if it's testosterone. I don't know if it's delusion. What it is, it's probably a mix of both. But you do get something when you watch action movies, when you see violence that's a little bit of like, I wish somebody would start it. I w- I w- ooh, <laughs> ooh, I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah. I can't wait. I'm going to do the move I just saw that guy do. That dude who trains <laughs> year round. I'm going to do that move <laughs> without pulling my leg. Right. You know? But every UFC event that I've been to has been incredibly like calm, organized. Like people have been pretty chill. If anything, the, the, the booze and like the disrespect go to the fighters too much. Like, you know, there right. is, there is a, an, an instance of people just wanting to see blood wanting like, you know, a little bit more violence in every fight. So if you are mm-hmm. playing like a tactical match, it's gonna, it's gonna get booed, you know? But that's also usually for like the, the main event matches too. You know, I think, I think what kind of helps with UFC too, is that, you, you always have these undercard matches of people you don't really know or really know what they're going to do. You, unless you're like following everybody, which some people do. But yeah. Every time I watch an event like that, I usually don't know anything about the undercards. Yeah. So those are usually like, no matter what happens, they'll be like, mm, someone's going to get punched. And, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And sometimes those are the best fights you see in those pay-per-view events are the undercards where it's like two people who are trying to make a name for themselves right then. So it's hard not to get into. Dude, do you remember? I was just about to bring it up. That fight we watched, yeah. I can't remember where do you we want to do you want to paint it or should I go for it? You, you go. So this is another Midwest run that we did of colleges on tour. This was honestly maybe two days before air hockey started because <laughs> once air hockey started, we didn't talk about anything else. But That's true. we came into the hotel room and there were two specific fights. And yeah. it was before, I think we were watching Invicta. Invicta is, to my understanding, a women's only league of MMA. So there's oh, you. Was it women's only? I don't, I remember the I fight think it we're was. talking about. Is, because because both fights were two female matches. And okay. so yeah. one of them, and I remember this because I'll never forget this, because there was one fight that ended so quickly that you went to the bathroom and when you came yeah. back out, they were already doing the post fight interview and the girl looked fine. All right. This woman looked fine on her left side because she was yeah. getting beat up only on her right side. So this I missed the whole fight and I come out and then she just turns and I go, Oh yeah. Like, so you walk out of the bathroom and you're like, wow, the fight's over already. Did she like tap her or what, what happened? And then as soon as that woman turned her her face to the camera, you were like, yeah, it was like Will Smith and Hitch when he had realized he had had that <laughs> allergic reaction. You made that sound and she had that face. It was she just that, yeah. lumpy. It was, a, it was, it was insane. a cartoonish, swollen face. Yeah. Then the next fight we were both in the room for. And there was this woman who I don't know who she was. I don't think I've seen her since. And I really follow MMA now. And I I don't know anything about either one of these women. But we watched a match that went the full distance. It went the full 15 minutes. And Mm -hmm. this one woman was 
her stand-up was terrible. She couldn't punch, she couldn't kick, but her jujitsu no. was just enough to survive. And the other woman was putting her in chokehold after chokehold after submission, and she'd always slip out of it. But there was one point where she choked her so hard that I'm surprised the ref didn't stop it because the audience went quiet. Like, yeah, it went the full 15 minutes, and this woman was losing the whole 15 minutes. (laughs) Like, she... and, And, like... It wasn't that she was just getting in some chokeholds and getting out of it. They would be in the holds for a while. Like mad respect. And she would just like twist in ways that like would make it worse for herself. It seemed like she was just twisting her neck worse. Yeah. And then she'd find a way to squirm out of it eventually. And it was, it was the on it. It was like the greatest fight I've ever seen for being one of the sloppiest ones I've ever seen too. But we, you and I were both standing up by the end of it. Yeah. We, were, we were sitting on our beds at first, and then eventually we were just standing up like, oh my God, she, and it was like, there was no way she was going to win the match unless she just magically knocked her out with a hook or something. Yeah. It was just very, but it was like, the fact that she was going the full distance was just enough to make us cheer her on. It was, it was amazing. I rarely started rooting for someone like I started rooting for her. Because the oh, first yeah, yeah. round, I was just like, oh, this person isn't very good. They don't really have yeah. the tools to do what they need to do to make the fight competitive. But but then you just start rooting for her to survive. <laughs> yeah. Cause second round I was like, wow, like this woman should be choked out. Like, I feel yes. like this is just a robot now. And yeah. then I kind of started putting it on the other woman. Cause I was like, why can't you finish this person who clearly isn't yeah. that good? <laughs> but yeah. it turns out she was very good at knowing her positions knowing what would keep her in the game and everything. But wow, I remember the audience there, silent. And the commentators weren't saying anything. The commentators were like, is she? And I know he he wanted to say dead. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we started having that that thought, too. We're just being like, because I started wondering, too, I'm like, is this just a really bad ref? Who's letting this woman be choked to death? No, on TV? no, because she was she was always she was like, there. She was always there. She was always yeah. like working to get in a better position. But wow, I mean, but there were like in that fight, there were like six times where you and I were just like, oh, well, she's not getting out of this one. Yeah, and especially since I since I've started learning jujitsu, I'm even more impressed by how she's been able to. Because when I get choked out, best believe I'm choked out. I don't. <laughs> I don't have any pride. Sometimes, right. sometimes I actually, I've, I've been guilty of, I'm such a white belt that I'm guilty of sometimes tapping when I know that they're getting in a setup I don't know how to get out of. <laughs> so there have been times where they didn't even fully have their hooks right. in and, and their arm around my neck or their, their like knuckle in my throat or something. And I've been right. like, hey, I'm good. <laughs> I'm all right. You don't have to. You've proven your point because I get it. Listen, I read ahead and I know how the story ends. I'm good. I'm just good. It's such a frustrating place to be in in your journey with anything where you finally know enough to know what you should know and be able to implement, but you don't know enough to implement Mm. it. It's so frustrating. It's it's like to, to tie it, you know, comedy is just like, remember when you started realizing like, oh, this show isn't going to be good. Yeah. But you weren't good enough yet to turn it around. Yeah. Yeah. Where you're just like, like even before it starts, you're like, Hmm, this is going to suck. This isn't, this, there's not a good vibe in here. 
Yeah. No one's happy to be here. This is not going to be fun. But then you only know how to go up on stage with that energy of just like, yeah, none of us are happy to be here. Yeah. Dude. Because you haven't reached that level of zen yet where you can go like, fuck it, I'm going to go have fun. Yeah. Man. This is... It's it's so it's so wild, and I've I've tried to start applying that attitude to everything because there there are so many things yeah. that it's it's so easy when you're trying to do a lot and you are just if if we're being frank bad at things, it's like I try to not get discouraged because I'm as someone who loves trying new things and does like to learn new things. It is so painful to be repeating that process in every aspect <laughs> of my life consistently. Like even yeah. in learning, you know, trying to learn things about music so I can communicate with people on a level that makes sense when I talk about music with oh, musicians. Man, that's all. We'll we'll get into that in a future episode. How you? Yeah. I. How you? Cho- how you chose the theme song for this show? Dude, I'm I'm trying my best. It's it sucks so much to feel like you're only good at one thing, and then some days you're not good at that. (laughs) Man, what do you what do you think? Like in your journey so far, yeah. When did you finally get the confidence enough to say that you were good at comedy? Um. Well, that's an interesting question because it's like I feel like only in the last couple of years have I gotten the actual earned confidence to say it. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're like, we're like, <laughs> yeah, like we're like now when I like now I do feel like I know how to do it. Uh, it's like I just can't have the thought in my head. I'm like, no, I'm I'm good at this. I know I know how to handle a room. I know how to perform. Mm-hmm. Um. Cause like, you know, early on I had the confidence like I'm good at this, but it was just really and more. I knew how to steamroll a room. I knew how to just be like, like, ah, I'm, I'm loud and you're looking at me. So I won, you know what I mean? So like it, I was, I was confident enough to say it pretty early on, yeah. but I should not have been. And that's, that's one of the things I felt like that. Cause that's actually something I felt like it held me back for a long time is early, like only a few years in, I felt like, oh, I know how to do this. I know how to do this. I know what my voice is. I know how I'm doing it. I know where I'm going. And I was totally wrong. Because even, I mean, you've probably seen it in the time we've been doing it. Like, my you know, voice on stage has changed a lot and how I approach shows and how I perform. And Well, and you've, you know, since we're close friends and you've known me pretty much my whole career, you've also seen the moments where I was like, I think I'm bad at this and I'm never going to do it again, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. You know, so really for like the last couple of years is when I've felt truly good at it, where I can tell I can tell I'll I'll do certain shows or go to like certain mics or wherever. I'm just like, oh, there's something I know that these guys don't know yet. And not in like a shitty way, just in like, a oh, I like I I now see the experience and the time I've put into it. How about you? I mean, (laughs) I mean, you know. People get annoyed when I say it, but it's like, bro, I I still don't know if I'm I know. good. I feel I like I already knew that I already knew that was gonna be your fucking answer. Well, I already knew it. I go I go back and forth because I think that I'm still For the people listening, I just wanna say you guys don't know how much I have to hype this dude up. After I will <laughs> You guys have no idea. 
after after a show that we will do and he will destroy he will annihilate the room for an hour straight and then i'll he'll walk off and i'll be like dude that was great and he's like nah, i don't know i screwed up this one joke and i could be like shut up you just and i understand that's one of the things that pushes you forward and drives you and makes you such a good comic is always having that but it's like sometimes i do just want to be like man would you enjoy it for a second which i know something i've had to say to you yeah no that's fair i think the thing is though is that you know not to be not to be bleak about it but it's like when you when you look at what's out there and you look at people who are incredibly talented like breathtakingly good famous and not famous like just like like i'm very lucky you and i are very lucky to be living in a time where these are some of the best comedians who have ever lived, whether they get famous yeah. or not. We're like, we know who they are. We've been watching them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, I listen to their albums. They're, they're people that are so good and they deserve so much. And so I think that to be among them, it starts to like weigh on your mind a little bit. I know it's not healthy to compare yourself to people and you shouldn't do it. But I think that I just respect these people so much that I feel like I need to be really good just to be yeah. like on par. It's not it's not about being better than anybody because I'll get where I get if I'm gonna get there when I get there, or whatever. But yeah, it dude, when you when you do a show with people, well, let's say there's five of you on the show and everyone destroys, now you're like, not only do I not want to be the weakest link in a selfish way for my ego, but I wanna be so good to like actually be worth hanging out with these people later, you know? Yeah. No, yeah. And and just sometimes you'll see that person go up and again, famous, not famous. We we've seen it just at, you know, mics or shows where we're like you see someone go up and you're like, shit, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Where it's just, yeah. Where, where it might just be something special about their personality or what I always get jealous of is someone who has such a unique point of view where it's like so absurd and so strange. And you almost can't put your finger on why they're doing so well and why they're so funny. Those are always endlessly frustrating. Yeah. Because then you can't even you can't even map out the game plan. Yeah. No. You can't even be like, oh, this is what they're doing. Like other people, you can be like, oh, I see, because they set this up. Like you can do the math of how how yeah. good the comedy was. Yeah. But then there are some people where you're just like, I just it's you, it's you, and I can't I can't fathom it. I can't break it down because it's something I'll never be because I'm not you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think I think that there's something to be said also for you can teach public speaking and you can teach structure. You can teach structure in a way that I that is formulaic enough that I don't think a lot of people get. Um, mm-hmm. But you cannot teach a person to just be funny. No, you can't. You can teach so much everything around it, but you can't teach yeah. the essence of it. You know, you, you yeah, you can teach the fundamentals. You can teach the, you know, the tricks, the kind of formula stuff, you know, or. you know things to use to help get better uh but getting funny is just or funnier is just something that you have to strive for and some people are just naturally funny and some are i've also seen we've you know people we know who first seeing them i'd always be like man they aren't funny and Mm -hmm. then they got real successful and got really funny not just successful but got really funny yeah it's like any anyone can get funnier Mm -hmm. but that's something that this sounds cheesy, but that's something that's within. Like no one can really teach you how to do. It, it can't be an out an, an outward force can't be like here's how you be funny. Yeah, like, I mean, that's just something you have to find. I think getting funnier is a lot like getting smarter. Where it's like read. I don't know what to tell you. Like I don't I don't know how to help well, yeah. you be smarter. 
yeah, the books are there, but it's what you get out of them. Is, yeah. You know what I mean? And that's kind of what comedy is. It's like all the tools are there and I can hand them all to you and be like, this is, this is what comedy is. Yeah. But it's how you use them. hundred percent. And, and, and so I still struggle with that. I'm, I struggle with a bit of imposter syndrome on top of a bit of trying to be objective about my work and myself. And so I right. think that you're always erring on the side of caution. If you're a little bit overly critical than you are, if you're a bit full of yourself or not even full of yourself, but I think, I think there's yeah. a certain level of pride that they, that can lead to delusion. And so, because well, I, that's not where I want to go, I, I will not let myself have it sometimes unless it went as perfect as possible. And I've only had mm -hmm. in, in, you know, in, in the course of, months of zoom shows and and a couple of outdoor shows and stuff like that i've only had a couple of sets like that and so i know right. that i'm not setting myself up to feel good but i think that it does make me a bit better than accepting that i'm getting better until i'm just like breathtakingly good right yeah well and it's you know and that's kind of the thing the thing that sucks is you have to constantly be saying you know, how can I get better? You know, I need to get better. I need to work. And it's like, that's what will make you so good. That's what will make you keep getting good and be a better comedian and get funnier. Um, but with that comes never being satisfied with being good at it. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. You know what I mean? It's because that was for me. It was when I kind of let go of that, like, oh, no, I, I know how to do this. And when I started, I started always walking. I would said walk away from shows, be like, OK, what could I do better? Even if the show is really good. Mm -hmm. Be like, what can I do better? And that, weirdly, even though it seems self-critical, it's it made me way better at comedy, and it's, it maybe also made me have a lot more fun doing comedy. Mm -hmm. When I when I found everyone to be like a new thing to play with, a new thing to test. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And I and I think that there's there's definitely a lot to be said for. for taking your time in, in what you expect out of yourself. There's so much progression that it takes to get to a place that you feel comfortable with your own work because yeah. at first you're just emulating the work of your heroes to a certain degree. And then mm -hmm. you start making your own work that is just distinctly you that you're making with the tools that you've seen from the people who've come before you. And then from there, you just you just try to make moves in a way that is authentic to yourself and and sort of honors your peers and the people that came before you and is is a beacon for the people that are coming up after you like it's it's weird when and you you know you've seen this it's like anytime you have a home base and you have your group of people and everything and people look up to you who haven't been doing it as long that's such a weird feeling cuz you know very few comedians unless they're rich famous or been doing it a long time and even sometimes they're a bit delusional about it very few comedians know how to deal with that elderly role mm -hmm. of of how do i handle these people looking up to me because i don't feel like an adult well yeah and it's it's also one of the things that can stunt you a little bit too kind of like you said if you don't know how to handle it you know not to I, i'm not this makes it sound like i'm trying to like 
toot my own horn or, or whatever. But no, like, no, but you know, but I like, I you know, you like the, some of the places we would do shows and it's like, Oh, we are kind of like, Oh, I'm, I'm one of the guys here. I'm yeah. one of the, yeah. you know, I'm one of the big dogs here. Well, then you get to a point too, where you like, you start, if you start measuring yourself by that, then you're only thinking about how to perform in that room and how to keep your status in that room. Yeah. And before you know it, you're not as good as you could be. If you weren't just worrying about keeping that status in that room, that's that's something that happened to me. Is I was only focused, like the only place I was going was this one place, and doing it there, and I was just so worried about everyone thought about me there mm-hmm. that I was just trying to make them laugh. And then suddenly I'm like, I don't really have material that I want to do anywhere else. You know, <laughs> that, yeah. it's it's kind of that that weird trap. Do you have um like either continuing or just at times do you have like little like little challenges you'll set for yourself for certain shows or like i want to play with this thing do you ever do that yeah yeah i do it with stand-up and i do it with other stuff i mean this show is one of them it's like i was very very scared to start this show period like like i tried maybe one iteration before this and i had I don't know. I was like paralyzed by fear because I was like in my mind, I didn't think anyone wanted to hear what I had to say unless I was being punchy and making people Man. laugh. And like, and, Isn't and it so funny how we do that. Cause I do that yeah, all the time. myself. Yeah. like, no one wants to hear. And it's like, we both have people we know come to shows to specifically hear us talk. Sure. sure. And we're still like, no one wants to hear me talk. <laughs> but it, I mean, so much of it, a, a big, a big part of it is, just not leaving your ego at the door when you do things. I think that when you do things for ego, it's a double-edged sword. It's like you get all the glory and you get all the blame. And I think that there are certain aspects like what you were talking about where maybe you stick to one room or some people stick to one city so much mm-hmm. so that you all you care about is what these people think of you. That's still ego. Even though it's other people's opinions, it's still ego. Yeah. And and a big part of why that stunts you isn't just the egotistical part of it, because there are plenty of egotistical people that are very successful in every field known to man. It's the fact that a, a getting in that position will create a fear of failure that is necessary for growth. So, yeah. you know, I, I definitely... I have had my instances in my first two years of comedy. Like, luckily, I was able to shake it pretty early um, and shake it ever since to where now it doesn't, not only does it not bother me, but I'm excited for challenges like this. But, yeah. you know, I, I had my, I, I would have my moments of going to black clubs or doing shows that were on Southside or something. And just right. almost being worried because it's like I grew up and I was always the corny kid. Like people did not accept me, not just mm-hmm. in general, not just from like being nerdy and everything, but just in general, black people did not roll with me. Right. And even now I feel like as I'm building this community of people that I think are cool, that like my stuff, that I want to talk to, that want to talk to me. I'm noticing it is younger black people. I think that sometimes I'm a bit too weird and a bit too like, like <laughs> off for older black people. Like I'm telling you, dude, like I'm <laughs> like when I do, when I go to Atlanta, like we should go to Atlanta because when I go to Atlanta, okay. you'll see who shows up, dude. It's like, 
it's like <laughs> black people like me, and which is amazing. Like I would have mm-hmm. never met as many black people like me unless I was doing this, but it's black people like me and then a handful of older people, but it's mostly young people. And yeah. when I just roll up to a show where it's older black people, they they like some of my jokes, but man, I I had to I had to get rid of that fear of acceptance and or rejection or whatever those things would mean and and just go do the shows. And some of them were really bad. Yeah. Some of them were like, what is this dude talking about? Like, I remember <laughs> I remember I did I did this black club and uh <laughs> <laughs> and two things happened. I did two different sets. And one set, I was like, "Before I'm gonna say this before I go." And one lady went, "Woo!" <laughs> <laughs> and then I did another one that I did a joke, and it got a couple chuckles, but the loudest noise was a was a dude in the back going, "Huh." And it's like these aren't even heckles; these are just genuine. These are genuine reactions. Reactions. Yeah. <laughs> And, and so that, but that was essentially the, the feeling those first two years in was when I would go do, um, any sort of urban area, any sort of like, like black club specific, like, cause then sometimes city people didn't get me at first because I, I didn't really get myself. Right. After a while, when I really accepted, like, look, whether they like me or not, I have funny things to say. And if I say them funny enough, maybe they'll come around. And ever since then, I feel like I have become more broad and, and I'm actually getting messages sometimes from older black people, which, which warms my heart because it, it, it means that I've sort of transcended this thing that I thought I could be into something that I'm becoming. And I mean, maybe this is all just rambly, but I feel like that is really when I started to let go of some of that fear, but it creeps back in. It it crept back in with the podcast. It crept back in with, Mm -hmm. So I freeze myself sometimes and, and I know that it's only to my detriment because the world, if you look at, if you look at the world as a whole, I know that this is a tense time where people are jumping on each other for every little thing. People are trying to cancel people and stuff. But when you mm-hmm. really look at the world as broad as it is, there's a lot of acceptance out there. It's, it's wild how much people will accept you if you put yourself out there. And it's also crazy that the level of rejection that stops you from doing something is then so minimal when you finally put your work out there. Because like I said, dude, I was so scared of this podcast. I was scared of the idea Mm -hmm. of having conversation and then people either thinking I was dumb or thinking I was not interesting or something. And then the the feedback has been overwhelmingly positive. And that's not just Mm -hmm. because there are some people who already like me. It's because I make a product with my friend that is, in my opinion, very special. And even if it does get rambly sometimes, it's interesting conversation. And I would not have done that if I just leaned into that fear even more, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, we had conversations early on. We were starting this of of like, what's the right mode or what's the right time to start? And you know, and I have the benefit of having a couple of failed podcasts under my belt. <laughs> but I was able, like, you kept asking me, like, how to get started. I'm just like, well, fuck it, let's just start. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, because if it's kind of I, the thing I always tell people the most when they're thinking about doing a project, um, it's like, oh, I want to do this. I'm like, ah, oh, but this is what I always, I just, the, I always just say, 
if you're waiting for it to be perfect, you will never do it. Yeah, hundred percent. You will absolutely never do it if you're like, oh, but I need I need all these things to line up to do it. Then it will never happen because nothing is ever perfect. No project is ever perfect, especially something like this that's ongoing. That yeah. you know you're gonna just do and kind of find it as you do it. Well, it's never gonna start perfect. And I would I, never gonna, Yeah, you're not gonna find it right out the gate, you know. And that's that's kind of thing with stand up too. We get people all the time, you know, come up and they're just like, you know. Some people get mad when people come up after a show and they're just like, you know, I really, I, I've always wanted to try stand up or whatever. And, I, and it is annoying to an extent. The thing I always say, my my blanket response I always say is like, okay, then go do it. Yeah. And, yeah. And, you know, and sometimes they're like, ah, oh, you know, I don't know. And then I'm like, okay. I'm like, well, that's, I'm like, that's the only way to know. Yeah. The only way to know if, if you know you want to do it, you know you want to try it, you think you'd be good at it, there is literally only one way. And, you and have that to, is doing it. You have to be patient with yourself and you have to give yourself the leeway to, get better it takes so much time to get better it takes so much time to put in enough hours to where you even halfway know what you do like i i feel that way about even turning this board on to get started with the podcast (laughs) it's like i'm finally at a place where i can turn the board on with confidence which really shouldn't be that much of a of a feat but compared to where i started I'm surprised it's, I didn't hit this with a hammer to turn it on. I know. I will say today, man, like it, it only took a few minutes of of tweaking before we got started because the first couple records were like full on hour long Josh Johnson meltdowns before we could actually start <laughs> <laughs> talking about anything. So <laughs> I like I like uh, just slowly sneaking out the uh, the behind the scenes of. Uh, of what happens. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not a sneak. That was very blatant. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I'm getting more bold with it. Uh, <laughs> well, and one of the things, too, especially with stand-up, you do have to have this moment where you have to... You have to... You have, In the beginning, you have to pump yourself up and be like, no, I'm good at this. I'm, a, I'm great at comedy. And then you, there is this crucial moment that happens after, like, a couple years where you have to just be real with yourself and be like, I'm not as good as I could be. I have so far to go. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it's, and it's, everyone has to do it. And you, you kind of see the ones who don't grow or don't succeed past of where you met them. And it's usually because they stopped worrying about growing. Yeah. You yeah. know, we, we know a lot of people who are like that. Any comic listening to this knows comics like that. The one, and especially they're usually ones who are just like, oh man, no, someday I'm gonna, or I've always want to get to, or I want to blah, blah. And it's, and I, and I've been guilty of being that guy too. Like, I'll be totally honest. I've been that guy. just like, no, I'm going to get around to, you know, trying to get past that club. And then I just never do. Yeah. Cause it's easy not to, it's, it's much easier to say like, no, I'm I'll, I'll get around to glory. Don't you worry. <laughs> I'll get there. Give me one second. Sorry. Oh, good. It was slowly getting darker in my room, no, I so I had to yeah. turn the lights on, or else I would just be doing a podcast in the dark, which is just terrifying. The idea that a person could do that. I mean, <laughs> in pitch like, black. I've done it. In the, <laughs> well, yeah, pitch black, yeah. In the pitch it would actually black. be really fun. It would actually be really fun to try to do it in like a, like <laughs> a full on pitch black room. Can I tell you real quick? I want to get back yeah. to your point, though. But uh, when I worked at Trader Joe's, there was one time where I went into the bathroom. And as I was closing the door, it was dark. So I'm turning on mm-hmm. the light last thing before I'm closing the door. And as yeah. I'm closing the door, about turning the light on, I hear, hey, Josh. And this dude was just <laughs> pooping in the dark. Had, Forgot to lock knew- the door, pooping in the dark. 
Oh, a poop in the dark. Okay. I was, I, I, at first, I was, I was thinking he was in a stall, and you walked into a dark bathroom, and he somehow sensed your presence. Like, he knew it no. was you. <laughs> no, no. This is a one-person bathroom. I mean, I've had it where I've been, you know, in the stall, and it's like motion sensor lights, mm-hmm. and I'm just in there doing some work. So yeah. I haven't moved in a while. <laughs> and then the lights go off. That's always a bad feeling. You're like, oh, man. Oh, yeah. eventually someone's gonna someone's gonna have to come. I'm like, hopefully I'm done before someone just walks in, and then it's like, I'm just the guy in the dark. One time I um, are we talking about poop now? Or really? Yeah, yeah. Just just real quick before we get back to the more esoteric side of comedy. Yeah, the the, mo- I, <laughs> the motivational side of comedy. One 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 time I <laughs> I was in the bathroom. And I was so sick. It was a public bathroom. I was so sick. And I, there was no one else in there. So I started praying out loud. <laughs> Dude, you, you have no idea, though. I was sick. There was I, I was with my friends, and we had gone to the food court. And I should have known something was up because there was a there was a special at this buffet but it wasn't really a buffet it was it was weird it was basically this chinese food and Uh it was an eight dollar meal but you could get double meat for a dollar and so i'm i'm young and i'm dumb and so i'm like hey right i'll i'll go ahead and get that double meat and so i get it and i and i scarf all of it i got i got all of it and it was actually so much meat that it overshadowed all the other all the other things that were in the to-go plate because there was now so much meat that it covered everything. So it was actually triple meat, right? Whoa, okay. I eat all of it, like just a mound of of meat and a fortune cookie is essentially what I ate. Yeah. And then I had a bubbling in my stomach almost Oof. immediately. And so I ran to the bathroom and felt so sick and was in there for a while, right? <laughs> And no one else came in, and I was just overcome with emotion. I was sweating. And so, yeah, I just started praying. And then I finally finish. I get up. I leave the stall closed behind me. I'm washing my hands. I'm like, oh, just thank goodness I made it through, you know? I'm delivered, you know? And (laughs) and I was extra grateful. I was extra grateful Uh that no one heard me. And as I finish washing my hands and finish drying them, I hear a cough from one of the stalls. <laughs> it was so oh, bad. It yes. was so bad. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that is the best way for that story to end. Yes. You could tell he didn't want a cough either. He had probably been holding the cough in. When I mm-hmm. since when I start praying because it was a, <clears throat> oh, you don't want to interrupt a church service, right? So. And dude, it was I wasn't just praying as in like, oh help me get through this so painful in the pain. It was black church. <laughs> when I tell you, when I tell you, I was ready to hum. I was I was doing things. I was like, if I can just make it out, if I can just make it out of this bathroom, I'll never, mm, I'll never, I'll never, I won't do it. I won't do it if I, if I can just live through this. mm, mm, mm." And then that cough just demoralizing, 
Cause I, yeah. cause it was so bad, dude. I was so sick that I left the bathroom with a limp. <laughs> it was bad. It was so bad. <laughs> Jesus. That's what I said. <laughs> uh, I genuinely was praying. Cause I was so sure I had been poisoned. Like it, it like it wasn't even just right. about like like because people will be listening to this I mean, and you thinking were a the, triple meat. Like you Yeah. No, I mean I, that part I did to myself. But you did, I that's also a self thought poison. something was I thought something bad, bad was happening. Cause when someone, I tell you someone who who wanted revenge finally caught up with you. Yeah. Cause for <laughs> me to be poisoned like this, I must have done something to them in a past life. Because right. it was it was so violent, dude, and it happened so fast that I, I've never felt like that in my life. And I pray I never feel like that again. It was bad. It was bad. I'm enjoying both the story and how we had this really like nice nuts and bolts talk about comedy and how you really pushed yourself forward to get better. And it's just so violently <laughs> shifted. Just being on a toilet. <laughs> I'm just having like a real moment in my head. I'm just like, is this what it's like hanging out with us? <laughs> this is really like nice, serious conversation to be like, oh, well, this one time I shit my fucking life out. I needed the help of the Almighty to get through the triple meat I cursed myself with. Oh, dude, it was bad. But we were saying about comedy. I don't fucking remember. I don't know. I truly couldn't tell you. No, no, because we were talking, we were specifically talking about. <laughs> I'm like sweating. <laughs> we were specifically talking about yeah. making yourself better, getting yourself right. on a track that. Yeah. Is well, the possible. best way to make yourself better is if they offer triple meat for a dollar, don't do it. <laughs> if you want to, if you want to become the best form of yourself, that is not how you get there. Taking piles of meat for no money. Um, yeah, I don't. I, what do you have to say about comedy? I couldn't even. I want to see. I want to see you segue back into. <laughs> try it. Try to take. Try to take. We were just talking about into. <laughs> okay, so sometimes in life you have to expel things. <laughs> And comedy works the same way, you know. <laughs> there are certain there are certain attitudes that you have to expel out of your life. You have to push them out as hard as yep. you can. You have to seriously look at your life. Yep. Sometimes it's uh, and if you do it, you got to thank the Lord that you, <laughs> that you got through it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like that's about as good of a. A callback as you can ask for. I think know? so. I, and think I even find, you even too. You know, sometimes we've both had this too, where you gotta get to the point where you go, you know what, this material doesn't represent me anymore, so I gotta throw it out. 
And that's a genuine thought about it, and also. <laughs> I mean, all of my thoughts were genuine. <laughs> Can I ask you a genuine question? Yeah. Does it feel like we talked about deep voice babies like three days ago? Did we? No. That was at the beginning of this episode. Doesn't oh, it feel like it oh. was so long ago? Yeah, it does. It does. You're completely right. Woof. We covered a lot in this one. Yeah. Man. Thank you so much for listening to The Josh Johnson Show. That's me, Josh Johnson, and my buddy Logan <laughs> Nielsen. And, hey. well, the, the thing is, is that sometimes I just want to start the outro in a way that is... Right. That is semi-professional. And then I'll forget what I'm going to say next while I'm talking. So I'm right. thinking while I'm talking. So it's, it's, never, yeah. it's never a good feeling to yeah. leave the show thinking like, oh, this was just like right. a mess. I just, love that, I just love that you felt like you had to introduce yourself at the end now. Oh, that's uh, right. I did do thanks that. For thanks for listening to Josh Johnson's show. That's me. It's like, yeah. yeah. I just want the people to know. <laughs> Uh, let me, let me let me reacquaint you with our hero. <laughs> let me take it again. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to the Josh Johnson show. I hope you had a great time and you learned a little bit, whether you meant to or not. You can catch us at. <laughs> yeah, you can get a hold of us at Josh Johnson Show at gmail.com. If there's anything that you want to hear us talk about or if there's some feedback you have for the show, please let us know. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at I Josh mean, Johnson. Feedback, feedback I don't necessarily want. <laughs> I mean, feedback will hurt, but it's all about yeah. getting better. <laughs> That's true. That's fair. Good point. You, got, you know what? What were we just talking about? You got to do the self, you got to be willing to look at yourself, say, what can we do better? You have to look at yourself and be like, yeah. guy on the internet is right. I suck. <laughs> I should I should maybe take all of their advice, you know? Yeah. I would love to track someone down from the internet that leaves a bad review and be like, you were right. And they'll be like, what? I'm like, three days ago at 3.58 p.m., you commented <laughs> on my YouTube video that I had no idea what I was doing and I should quit. And I think you were right. So what else do you yeah. think I should do? And I think yeah. they would be so stunned. They may never leave another youtube comment they would and congratulations for welcoming that onslaught on yourself yeah uh, i mean this still doesn't have to make it in <laughs> <laughs> yeah make sure you cut out anytime i welcome people to, to heckle me yeah right um you can follow me at josh johnson comedy on instagram at josh johnson on twitter and josh day comedy on facebook you can also follow the feed because we're going to be posting a bunch yeah, yeah, you can follow us on Spotify or uh, Spotify. I put an R in there. I made it, I made it real focused. You follow us there on the Spotify, and uh, you can you can do the subscribe over on the the Apple Podcast. And uh, we're on a bunch of other ones now too. We're on I believe we're on Overcast and Pocket Cast. I mean, Grant, if you're listening to this, you found us. So I don't know why I'm saying all this now, but yeah. Um, if you have friends that are off the grid that maybe only listen yeah. to Overcast, then you can tell yeah, them. Yeah, something like they that. Can yeah, listen you, to us there. Yeah, you got people that uh, you know aren't uh, aren't aren't uh, 
wow, my brain just stopped for, I don't know what that was. You know what? You took so long to say that. I was so scared you were going to say something like <laughs> truly messed up. Like those are the type of pauses people take when they're trying to not say slurs or something. Like you, that's, that, that really, those are the pauses uh, that they took before they tried to rename the Washington football team. <laughs> Let's call them the, uh, mm. um, let's call them the Urs, uh, let's call them, ah. Football. Yeah. No, yeah, you had, your eyes were wide. You, <laughs> you were panicked for a second there. I'd be like, yeah, because here's the thing, here's what I think about this group of people. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, wow. This one broke me. I don't know how that happened, but. Yeah. I mean, luckily we got it all out. I think they got all the information they needed. Yeah. So we can yeah. probably just stop.